1: Of the world, Steve Finger Stiles.
0: So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products for the very first time, go visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code thepodcast 25 you'll get 25% off. They ship within North America. This is more geared towards your athlete, but your everyday blue-collar worker, or if you have aches and pains, works for you just as well. It's more of a rub-on and a lotion that you put on top of your skin, so it absorbs into your body. Don't worry. Has less than 1% THC, so you will not get high. This is good for anyone or anything, like I said, even animals, even children, because like I said, no one will get high off of it, and it works because they've sent me some samples and I use it on a daily basis, so go visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. And if you're into nerd culture or you like collectibles or signed memorabilia or anything of that sort, go visit firstrow.ca. This is a Canadian company based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And if you use promo code THEPODCAST20, you'll get 20% off. They also ship within North America. But to all you American listeners, it's in Canadian funds, so it's a little bit cheaper rate for you. They update daily, so go visit them every day. They got everything from wrestling figures to signed memorabilia, sports memorabilia, anything you can literally think of or want that's in nerd culture. They have it there. Plus, if you want to support me directly, go visit my Public store at tpublic.com, or scroll down on the device you're listening to right now. It's embedded right there in today's description. Click on that link. It takes you right to my merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to pillows to travel mugs, anything you literally need or want. COVID masks are also available there, so go support me and save yourself and others around you. Like I said, click on the link. But the most important thing and the most easiest thing you could do that will support me directly and right away, and it takes you two seconds, literally two seconds. Please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, this week's guest is a podcaster, videographer, editor, and creative director for post-wrestling, Wei Ting.
2: Hey Steve, how you doing man?
0: I'm doing fine this afternoon, how are you my my friend? How's it going? I'm
2: doing doing very well uh i'm I'm honored to be a a guest on this show from what i have been told Uh the unofficial 200th edition of the podcast
0: yes thank you my friend it is see i had to pull out the big guns and get you on board (laughs)
2: now this is unofficial so somebody out there will be will will consider this a very controversial take because I, I believe officially it is what what number is this
0: i think it's 184 no I, i'm beyond that now i'm gonna pull it up i think it's 186 187 something like that
2: okay if 186 but so eventually someone's going to 84 there and, it is fine Some, eventually someone's going to come along later on and be like Wow. Episode 200. I'm such an honor. I'm so honored. Well, (laughs) I'm calling bullshit right now. I'm the 200th guest. Okay. So whoever that future guest is, make sure you let them know who really is in charge of the number 200 on the podcast.
0: How about this? I'm I'm not a pun guy like your co-host John is, but I like to tie stuff together with wrestling because I'm a huge wrestling fan as people know. How about that? You are the original TNT title and the 200th guest will be the finished product.
2: I don't know about that <laughs> the original one looks the original i mean i i like to think i'm the improved version oh. even though i'm i'm the one that that came before uh you know I, maybe i i think myself more as the original how about the i'm the winged eagle wwf championship oh, okay the one okay, we like all that. love okay. and the 200th guest will be the spinner belt
0: yeah that? but see this is what i want to touch on too with you I know you guys always harp on that belt. I love that belt. I don't know why. Maybe because I was into hip hop and I was into that culture growing up in, the, in high school and shit, or even afterwards. But I love the spinner belt. In your opinion, I, what's so wrong about it?
2: I love hip hop as well. I love spinners. You know, I, if <laughs> okay. I could install them on my Civic, I, I feel like I would. Sure, but um, I don't want them on a championship. You okay. know, especially like if it was like the primary championship. Like I think uh... the the reason why why people have such an issue with people doing anything to like you know the major title of a, right. of a promotion is because of all the lineage of all the history you know like imagine like if the stanley cup all, all of a sudden had like neon like lights uh, led lights attached to it that's, that's a good point. sacrilegious
0: i see what you're saying i think okay. that's why
2: people people are so upset
0: oh i like that i like that okay so when did your love for wrestling actually start when did the origin when did you get into it what, what clicked
2: Yeah, for me, I must have been, um, I want to say, like, six. You know, I had come to this country from Hong Kong uh, when I was five years old. So, um, after that, like, you know, pro wrestling was not really popular at all. I don't even think... I don't even know how really popular it still is in Hong Kong, to be honest. Um, But, like, you know, coming over here, um, watching American-Canadian television, uh, I would watch a lot of cartoons on Saturday morning, and then inevitably uh, WWE would come on. Uh, I believe it would be Superstars would come on on Saturdays right after the cartoons. Yes. So, you know, I started watching this thing right after the cartoons that was, like, it, it really fit with the cartoon blocks because right. it was, like, very much at the time very colorful, still is, you know, like, re- we're talking, like, real-life superheroes, you know, F- essentially, like, playing very cartoonish characters, especially with yeah. WWE, like, in 1992 uh, or so, and so one of my first memories was, like, seeing Papa Shango, mm-hmm. this voodoo master, Love him. make the Ultimate Warrior puke um, <laughs> through his magic. right So... I mean, it must have been the puke that drew me in, and I've been a fan ever since.
0: Oh, my God. Don't worry. I'm a huge fan of Papa Shango as well. To me, it's one of my favorite all-time gimmicks. Like, pure gimmick gimmick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially as a kid, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that are, like... I do often wonder, because, like, we have equivalents today. You know, certainly, like, a character like Bray Wyatt. Sure. Um, And often... People like Bray Wyatt a lot, but like you know, like things like the Boogeyman, like all that <laughs> stuff is really met with a lot of skepticism from people our age. Right, you know, I would say. But like, I often wonder, um, you know, do, if we were kids watching it, would we feel the same way? Because mm. you know, um, when I look back at, at, at something like Kapapa Shango as like fun,
0: right? And it's true. Imagine watching that now—you'd be so skeptical about it, right?
2: <laughs> sure, of course.
0: So let's talk about post Wrestling. Obviously, what you do for a living, what you're known for now. So I sort of know what the story is, how it all came to be. But for people who don't know, how did post Wrestling come about? What's the origin story here?
2: Yeah, so uh, some of you um, who lis- who have listened to-, to myself and my partner, John, for years will know that we started off uh, as part of uh, Live Audio Wrestling, yeah. which was a um, long-running radio show that... Um, Across various platforms started on terrestrial radio um, still actually its entire started on digital radio really, and then went on terrestrial terrestrial radio, which um, was probably like you know um, its most popular medium um, and the thing that made it stand out from a lot of other things out there but then you know when podcasting became popular towards like the mid to late 2000s right. um, John you know thought to adds uh, an extra bit of uh, content to the end of uh, live audio wrestling downloads. And so uh, I was brought in because I was just a call screener and really just his friend working at the Fight Network at the time as an editor. Um, I was brought in to essentially talk to Mm -hmm. him about okay. professional wrestling right. unbeknownst to me even sometimes he would just bring me into these rooms and he would we would hit record and mm-hmm. we eventually like stumbled upon doing pro wrestling reviews of like you know smaller shows and that ultimately grew into a series known as review away okay. uh we enjoyed doing that stuff so uh, so much and we enjoyed the reception uh that a lot of people gave to it that we ultimately branched that podcast into a series of regular podcasts covering mm-hmm. wwe raw uh, impact at the time and then right. eventually smack down. So we really managed to grow our fan base, you know, by being attached to the law brand, but at the same time creating our own thing. Um, so cut to 2017 when Fight Network was, uh, you know, uh, going through a number of cutbacks. Mm-hmm. And one of the casualties, unfortunately, was live audio wrestling. Yeah. So um, they let go of myself, uh, John, uh, Dan Levransky, Jason Agnew. So, the, you know, the four of us attached to that show. Uh, but Prior to even that happening, like, I mean, literally the weekend before, like, John and I were already having discussions about leaving and doing our own thing, oh, wow. and much of that just came from, I think, dissatisfaction with where we were professionally in our lives, um, not just to do with the podcast, but, like, you know, even working for the Fine Network at the time, sure. it, it, it felt like it was a period of, like, um, especially in, like, TV, you know, it, it, Canadian TV, no less, it felt like mm-hmm. it was a period of just shrinkage rather than you know growth and sense, um yeah. you know as like two people at that time like you know in our 30s like we be, we realized i think these are kind of our prime years to like expand our our uh, our, our worth in the industry so like um we had had very serious discussions about starting our own thing um you know jumping off of i think the uh success we've experienced as podcasters um and so being let go honestly was just the kickstart the exact sort of kickstart we need to to go ahead with you know something that we were planning to do anyway
0: now were you guys scared shitless or were you just like balls to the wall and we're doing this no matter what
2: i I honestly wasn't scared at all like because at that point we had nothing to lose you know what would have been scary i think is if like we had you know things would be scarier now now that i like i've got like a mortgage, John has kids, uh, okay. uh, or or I'd be sorry. What kids, singular? Uh, <laughs> and 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 a mortgage. Like things would be scarier now. But like you know, like jumping back to a few years ago, I think um, we were definitely looking to we had nothing to lose like especially at that at the point when we were let go you know like we, we were going to give ourselves okay let's give ourselves like six months to the year of starting this project and if it didn't work out we can always you know find other jobs i can find another job in tv john like john actually had offers working for like other sites so oh, he nice. wouldn't be able to to take take those fine of course um so i wasn't scared um i was very much kind of like looking at it as an opportunity um you know, like, this kind of free space for us while we were still, like, collecting a bit of severance from our, our, uh, um, you know, departures from the fight network to be able to just do do this and really attempt it as best as we can. And uh, luckily, it worked out.
0: No, that's awesome. So let's talk about uh, post-wrestling. So you guys do a ton of shows, from regular podcasts to Patreon content. I would almost say that you guys put out more content than there is wrestling content out there. So... (laughs) First off, how do you guys do it? And how much wrestling do you guys watch on a regular basis?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, one of the things that came with us doing this uh, on our own meant that we would be able to devote all of our attention to wrestling running a website and also doing these podcasts. You know, prior to this while working for the Fight Network, we were really just doing the the radio thing. At least I was. I was more, John was more like, you know, fully embedded in like the the radio and news gathering side of things, but Mm -hmm. me, I was also an editor and a videographer uh, for the channel, so for me podcasting and and the wrestling website type of thing was just more of a side job. Um, Now that it's a full-time thing for both of us, we devote all of our attention to it, so um. Every you know, several times a week. We honestly like at this point, it's 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 like five to six times a week that we record shows. Okay. At, at sometimes uh, yeah. maybe four to six right now. Yeah. But um, you know, we watch uh the the main shows that we cover. So that's Raw, that's SmackDown, that's Dynamite, that's all the pay per views. Right. Uh, you know, any major New Japan shows and really any you know, like other major thing that, things that come up. Watch it and then we talk about it. Um, and it's just really. I don't know. It's 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 like a 9 to 5, but except for us it's more like, you <laughs> know, the hours are a bit more staggered because sure. we have to watch these shows at night and then record right afterwards, of course.
0: No, that makes sense. So, do you guys watch it separately and then not talk about it or watch it together make notes together? How, how does the process work?
2: Yeah, well, especially now like because we're we're both quarantined um uh, like, you know, because of the pandemic. True, I right? actually hadn't seen haven't seen John in person since March. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like <laughs> we've but but you know like to be honest like it hasn't made any difference you know with our work right like we're doing this podcast via zoom chat right now exactly. it's it, it it's just like kind of being in the same room in fact it's in some ways it's way more convenient cuz i don't yep. even have to like i'm wearing sweatpants right now so
0: <laughs> i hear you i got shorts you know, on to myself
2: <laughs> there you go of course so you know in some ways it's made it even more immediate because you know I wouldn't have to travel to this place. But even yeah. prior to that, John and I both prefer, I think, to watch mm. these things on our own because, in the times that we have, like, you know, watch shows together. And sometimes right. we still do that, of course. But I like to, I like for both of us to go into these reviews not knowing what the other person thinks. Because mm. often, if we're watching a show, one person's like, man, that was terrible. Or like, man, that was awesome. It kind of like, it just affects, perhaps, like, you know, going into the discussion itself, um, the, the freshness, I suppose, of, right. like, my reaction to, like, you like that <laughs> or, like,
1: right. you hated
2: that? I loved it, you know? So I'd much rather have those reactions on air uh, for, for people to hear rather than, you know, give them away just uh, ourselves privately
0: yeah no that's awesome that's an awesome way of doing it so you don't only talk about wrestling you guys also review movies and other sort of stuff how do you guys pick and choose or is it just stuff that you guys are into or is it stuff that you have an excuse to watch now
2: well one of the things that has made this a viable full-time job for us is the fact that uh, we got on to to patreon Mm. um and Patreon, for people who don't know, is sort of like a crowdfunding thing, but also like a membership yep. um, service for and really uh, all sorts of artists. You know, I've seen uh, yes. a number of musicians on there, um, you know, like painters or cosplayers or yep. really anything. If you want to support somebody's independent art, uh, Patreon.com is a great place to do it. And one of the things that Patreon afforded us, besides, you know, uh, the ability to focus full time on you know doing this or for a full time living, it also allowed us to curate a group of our most dedicated and most hardcore fans mm. and you know unlike the people that might just simply listen to us for um, information about current professional wrestling right. um we spend like a good deal of time talking about personal lives, our personal lives, and really our, our personal interests outside of wrestling. Some some of the people that just want to hear about wrestling get annoyed and skip it, skip through all that stuff. <laughs> but the people that seem to really like us sometimes prefer that stuff to us talking about the wrestling itself. Oh, gotcha. So so now that we had this Patreon and this collection of the people who, you know, probably like us the most, like us enough to be able to su- to be supporting us financially every mm-hmm. single month, uh, it meant that we could take a few more chances, you know, talking about non-wrestling things. And one of the things I wanted to definitely do, uh, especially after John and I had like a conversation about Infinity War that uh, revealed how how little he actually knew about like um, the MCU and, and, oh, and Marvel okay. films. Right um it made me really want to start a uh, wrestling or sorry uh, a series of a uh, movie review podcast with them talking yeah. about all the MCU films starting with Captain America but um and then going backwards, going back to the first Iron Man, all the way up until right. uh, Avengers Endgame, gotcha. which we just completed. So that was like a whole two-year thing where we did one movie review a month. And um, oh, that's cool. we finished that. It was, it, it's, it's been great. And <laughs> we received great receptions to them. And now we're moving on and starting our uh, next series of reviews, this time talking about uh, Rocky, the nice. Rocky series. So, um, yeah, lots of different opportunities and lots of chances. Because I think our audience definitely like doesn't just want to hear us you know at this point they're they're very familiar i think with us and i think they they want to hear familiar voices talk about things that they might also know in some cases i know for me i might be more interested in hearing you know uh podcasters i like talk about something that i would actually like you know, watch and am familiar with, rather than yes. perhaps a niche thing within the sport that they typically cover. I'm the same way.
0: Yeah, and then that's why I try and do what I do on this show too. I don't try and just cover one sort of aspect. Like I had uh, Mega Ran on a few uh, weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He's like, you don't want to be known as just the wrestling podcast. You want to be known as that you could get anyone on, right? Because you want versatility in this sort of space. Because again, and this leads into my next question: What makes your stuff so different, and why should people tune into you guys versus a whole crowded space of wrestling podcasts out there?
2: Hmm. I mean, I think that's a really good question that um, I think is is difficult for me to answer specifically because I'm, you know, I I I'm the person making it. Um, right.
0: Exactly. I
2: I really have to like, you know, just think about uh, just from my experience talking to fans why they might prefer ours to uh, to other podcasters that are out there. And I have to think that um, for what I've heard is <laughs> that we our shows managed to offer a combination of Hard news, Hmm. um, you know, like substantial reviews that uh, are are very informative, but also perhaps uh, with a more, I don't know, loose and comedic edge to it. Um, Like John and I ultimately are like, we're just friends talking wrestling. You know, we're just friends hanging out and talking about sometimes the completely ridiculous shit that we're watching (laughs) every single week. And um, at the same time, you know, my friend happens to be one of the best journalists covering this entire thing. So um, we have a great rapport just, you know, as as two friends. And at the same time, um, we can also bring a hard news edge to it as well. So maybe that's why people like it.
0: So what's the worst thing you guys have reviewed out of all these years of doing it?
2: I get get asked that quite a bit. And uh, often I'm the type who like, you know, anytime I go through... Like, even when I was in school doing tests or exams, I right. cram everything, Okay. and then, like, an hour later, I would forget everything. Like, once <laughs> sure. it's out, that it's gone. Right. So many of these terrible shows I've reviewed uh, in the past, I have no recollection of them, because I cram them into my system, I release it via <laughs> the, the review, the podcast, and then I completely forget about it. But one thing that definitely has stayed in my head, and I don't think I'll ever forget, was the idea of reviewing... Um, for our one of our anniversary shows okay uh one of china's um pornos
0: shut up you <laughs> guys actually did that
2: yeah we did yeah oh and oh
0: my I, god I, <laughs>
2: yeah we did we in fact um it wasn't so much a review as it was like live <laughs> viewing okay. that we did for audio
1: okay um
2: so it, that was uh, again not something i think john and i will ever exp- uh, do again uh, especially now now wow. that we're uh much older sure but it was it was an idea at the time um and one that uh i will never forget
0: <laughs> oh my god i i want to say that's awesome but i don't even know if i can say that's awesome but let's just say that's different how about that <laughs> It's different,
2: yeah, no, uh, the, the, like, how we were able to upload that oh, to, like, shit. Fight Network's website, I had no idea.
0: Oh, uh, maybe that was did. the beginning of the downfall.
2: <laughs> it could have been, yeah, it could
0: have been. Oh, man, so, speaking of downfalls, what about any on-air mishaps, anything, like, major fuck-ups, all these guys been on-air, you have any of those type of stories?
2: Uh, you know, earlier on when we were recording, we definitely had a number of times where we would record, and I have to, like, you know let people know that the way like the fighter podcast booth used to be set up.
1: Okay.
2: It would be one room at one end of the office. And then the control room would be all the way at the other end. It's just like the way the, I don't know, the architecture worked out where like, we had to basically run a wire from one place to another. I mean, it wasn't just a podcast booth, but there was also a VO booth for people to be able to like, you know, call fights because we used to do that a whole lot. Right, so yes. the editor manning the computer would be all the way at one end and then the people recording the booth would be all the way in the other end. Right. Because we were doing these podcasts pretty much like, you know, uh, on our own time off off hours from work, Right. we didn't have like the luxury of like having somebody listen to our audio the whole time. We were gotcha. just doing this on our own. Yeah. So we would basically have to hit record on the machine, then run back to the room, oh do our reviews, okay. often for like an hour or two hours, Shit. and then run back into the room to hit stop. Right. So at least more than one time, oh no. we've had experiences where we thought we hit record. Oh no. For whatever reason, it might be a Windows update pop-up or something. Yes. No. One of these things sure. that, that would just stop it, and we wouldn't know... Until we were done our review, and then having to go back to realize, oh shit, didn't record. Oh shit! Uh, so this this has happened several times, and um, <laughs> I, I'm happy to say that we haven't really had too many too many of those experiences lately, right? Because I think technology has just gotten better. We don't have that same sort of setup, and I think okay. we, you know, as you might have learned by this point, uh, we've we've figured out ways to record backups upon mm. backups of shows that we. We might do so. Yeah, even do if we that. did lose one person, yes. um, another recording would still exist. So, yeah, we've learned from it. But the, those those are those have been terrible times.
0: So, how hard is it to go back and recreate something, or do you even recreate something and say, "Let's talk about totally"? Well, of course, if it's a review, you can't really re, can't talk about something yeah. else. But how hard is it to sort of have that déjà vu experience?
2: <laughs> I guess one of the fun things about like doing podcasting as opposed to like television, which you know we're both experienced in, is that if something like that occurred in TV. Right. You would do your best to patch it up and pretend it never happened. Right. But in podcasting, like we had no rules. So we just <laughs> ran with true. it. Like we would grow, like we would show our frustration, you know, in between. So like, you know, you would hear a cut from one recording to another where we would just like, in some cases, scream because we were so tired and so frustrated. Mm. And sometimes it would be a day after that we would pick back up. Right, and would right. just explain to our audience, this is what happened. And <laughs> it's usually f- funny, actually, for people, not for me, but for like the people listening. I think they they get a kick out of the story. And they even if like the second review is way shittier than the first, <laughs> I think people understand, you know. Um, because it's like we've all been there. We've all yeah. had experiences like that.
0: Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So the one thing I noticed that of all the hours of content you guys provide out there, you don't really have a, per se, interview-based podcast. Is that by choice, or is it because it's maybe too time-consuming? What's the reasoning behind that?
2: Yeah, um, you know, the interview-based interview, interview uh, based format uh, is certainly, like, really popular for podcasting. I mean, you know, this one in particular. Um, I would say the... In the past, interviews were mainly reserved for live audio wrestling itself, like the flagship mm-hmm. show at the time, the one that airs on Terrestrial Radio. Okay, right. Once a week, uh, John or one of the other hosts would be in charge of booking guests, and they would do an interview there. Um, and then you know once we started to do things on our own we would occasionally have the pot, have an interview if if a guest came came to mind we have sure. like a round table show that we would mm. do occasionally again if the right guest came to mind right. and we had access to them but for the most part i think we stray away from like you know trying to book a, a guest every single week because um i think we realized like people would rather hear you know us talk about current events mm. rather than you know necessarily like pull somebody to talk about something that might not be as relevant um or you know to like we're not also necessarily known for that there's some wonderful like you know like chris jericho does a great interview based podcast like cole cabana at one time like created the format really and now every number of wrestler kind of has one of these shows so a lot of people do that really well uh for us we find that our audience is more so here uh for us to talk about current events um and occasionally, you know, maybe do the odd interview, uh, but yeah, we just found that like it makes very little difference to us as far as like numbers go. It's it's always troublesome. Uh, at least it comes with a bit of difficulty to try to, try to book these guests. Tell me about. Um, exactly, exactly. So, so those are the primary reasons. But it's not like we're we don't want to do them. It's just yeah. well, I think we wait for the right opportunities and uh, make sure that they, you know, um, it, 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 the the content is relevant.
0: Well, I got to put it out there. If you guys ever need a guy, you're looking at him right here. So if you guys ever change your format or need someone, you, you know where to find me.
2: Thank you very much. Keep that in mind.
0: So, how about this question? Did, did you ever think about being a wrestler or getting into it?
2: Never. Really? Never. Uh, no, never. I mean, you could see me through Zoom right now. So, I don't know if you get a sense of like my stature. It's just honestly never something i thought about um if anything i i I perhaps thought about the production side of professional wrestling you know i've always been enamored by really like the creation of it uh behind the scenes you know when it comes to video production or camera work or uh even like writing of storylines and booking all that stuff has been fascinating to me but i've never once felt a desire to get into a ring and repeatedly fall on my back and upper neck area and my head (laughs) over and over uh and you know especially covering the sport way more and knowing about the great deal of toughness and injuries that people suffer um it's made me want that far less i just um i admire these people and have so much respect for them uh it it, so it's it but it's not something I've, i've wanted for myself
0: now, you you and John have also attended a shitload of wrestling shows from, even like one-man shows, like from Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestlemania, Mania, Jim Ross's one-man show, etc. What's been the most standout, and which one were you like, oh, this is why I do this for a living?
2: Man, I, have, I often have these experiences, especially like um, when I, anytime I go to a Wrestlemania, you know, um, despite like having done, uh, gone to so many by this point, Every time I walk into one of these giant stadiums and see that stage for the first time, Mm. I, I, I just, I have like so many feels, you know, it's just, (laughs) it's incredible. It's incredible to just be able to like walk into a building and see this gargantuan, unimaginable level of production. And um, I can't imagine like what it's like to be a wrestler actually walking down that ramp, but because like just being a fan, walking into that crowd is just uh spectacular you know a spectacular like communal experience so honestly every time i I see i go to a new wrestlemania it's like i feel that way uh most recently we've had we had the privilege john and i of actually going to tokyo to watch a wrestle kingdom as you mentioned so i felt that same thing for the first time walking into the tokyo dome and seeing that stage seeing that crowd and just seeing that roof in the tokyo dome wow. so for me it's like big mass gatherings are always really impressive and going to these buildings is is always really impressive
0: now i always ask my guests well, as soon as they bring up japan because i have a fascination for japan again being a wrestling fan being a video game fan i want to go to yeah. japan but the only thing that holds me back is the food because i'm a finicky eater so how was your experience in japan as a whole or was that even your first time or have you been there before
2: I've been there several times, actually, even prior to this okay. one. Uh, my brother actually lives there. So oh, nice. I, I Yeah, I actually have some family there. Uh, it's my favorite place in the world. Oh, wow. I, I do understand. Like, do you eat sushi?
0: Not at all. I, I despise it.
2: <laughs> so, so what are you finicky about? Like, what, you know, like...
0: The problem... Got even, sorry. Here's here. the problem with me. I have, like, my... My taste buds are very heightened, so I taste every... Like, I, the way I explain it to people, like, I don't like to eat red meat because I could taste a cow, if that makes sense. Like, my sure, taste buds yeah. are so heightened, like, I, it's crazy. Excuse so Isn't that a good thing? No, because then I taste every... Like, cilantro, I cannot have. It feels like my mouth is on fire. But to other people, it's like, how do you eat... Why is it like that for you? But, but yet, I love hot sauce, and hot sauce doesn't affect me that way. So I don't know. It's, it's weird.
2: Wait, so if you're... So when you taste something good, right? do you taste it more than the other person? than the average person
0: yes because i'll tell i'll turn to my wife i'm like do you taste that in there she's like no it just tastes good and i'm like "Mm, but i taste this and then i'll go check the ingredients and then they have it and i'm like how the fuck did i just manage to pull that out and it's like there's always some ingredient in some so for example like raw fish or or um what do they use as the wrap seaweed i cannot have seaweed because that thing is so potent and strong for me I, i start gagging
2: Wow! Really? Yeah? Well, okay, I, I understand that. Uh, you know, despite that, though, there there's so many different options for food in, in in Japan. Okay, like is it is it just the so? It's not necessarily just the rawness of, of uh, like it's not just raw fish that you're you don't like. No,
0: no, right. like I being Portuguese myself, I love fish as general. Like like shelled right. fish, anything from the ocean, right. I adore octopus, squid. I'll eat that all day long. Like yeah. you know what I mean?
2: I mean, there's so many different options of like types of food that you can get in Japan that I would okay. just. I would i recommend like you just go even if you're like i don't know even if you're just into like burgers like a a japanese like moss burger is very different from and like really high quality in my opinion compared to like you know an american burger um you know like really all different types of food are available so i i i love the place i'm so lucky that like Mm uh john and i went there and i managed to bring my fiance actually with with us as well that's uh awesome. and we had that trip prior to all this shit going down like right. we got that trip in there right before the world shut down so who knows when i'll be able to go back but i highly recommend it man especially if you're gonna just even go for the video game shopping alone
0: i know it's, it's, that's it's the intense. thing right and, and like i said i could just spend all i could be there a month and just go from wrestling to video games wrestling to video games you know what i mean so i would love it <laughs>
2: Even, like, convenience store food is, like, good quality and it's good. So even if you just have to survive off of that, like, I guarantee you'll find something you love.
0: Uh, Well, here's the only problem. I don't know if Braden brushed you off on uh, what I like to do in my free time, but I'm a huge pothead and I like to smoke my weed, right? So I know that's a big no-no over there. So that's going to be an issue for me.
2: That will be an issue. See? Can't really get around that,
0: unfortunately. Oh, man, I'll I'll have to figure it out. I'll figure it out one day or another. So, okay, how about this? What's your favorite current promotion at the moment that's doing it right during the lockdown that obviously with no fans, everyone has their opinions. Obviously, the big majority don't like it. So, in your opinion, who's doing it correctly right now? Well,
2: um, I guess when you ask that, are you you saying, you know, which promotion I'm a fan of as far as, like, um content or as far as how they're running their their company
0: how about this um, as as a fan watching it and you don't really the fans don't take it away like you know you know right. what i'm saying like if an everyday casual viewer to tune in they'd be like okay i could watch this
2: yeah for me i think that company would be aw okay. um i i think that despite all the limitations um put on them by the pandemic they managed to deliver pretty consistently like good wrestling shows uh Mm. week to week good in-ring content good storylines uh they're still managing to build new stars like for instance an orange cassidy despite all this that's going on so uh despite a number of like you know great handicaps they've really done a great job of like keeping me entertained with other like you know like creative inventions like the stadium stampede um and that's more than i can say certainly for uh the WWE—it's more than I can say for New Japan Pro Wrestling, in my opinion, at this point. Where both mm. of those companies feels like, feel like they're really operating at a, at a uh, uh, you know lesser, less op- less than optimal um, um, environment. And in the case of WWE, um, suboptimal is mm. is I think even putting it very lightly, because some yeah. of these shows have just had storylines that are just either really bad um, uh, or just. Nonsensical, or just you know, the and a big thing is because the shows are too long too. You know, they they ask a lot of, of the audience to invest three hours every week. To me, that is that continues to be one of the biggest turnoffs that unfortunately yes. won't be changing anytime soon. Whereas you know, mm-hmm. in, in AEW, you watch your two hours. You can watch your dogs and you can watch all that stuff, but sure. really, all you need to do is your watch your two hours and then watch your pay per views, and that's all you need, and you can feel very satisfied.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so what about the biggest knock? on AEW, where again no pun intended the big men where they're not really sort of framed like you had lance archer come in what's the pun well i guess i don't big man no it's not really a pun it's whatever (laughs) like i said i'm bad at these things i'll leave it to you guys (laughs) but like the execution of delivering a good big man like the the like brian cage comes in yeah he brings the has the ftw title and all that but is he really that feared guy he's already lost Same thing with Lance Archer, right? I understand what they're doing. But the way they introduced them, like, these guys should not be losing. They should be going on Goldberg streaks. Do you have that same opinion about this?
2: Uh, In in the case of Brian Cage, um, uh, should he have lost? Um, I I definitely see your point, you know. Um, You could definitely make the argument that a guy like that should have been pushed and not necessarily put into a title match with John Moxley so early exactly. that to me was maybe more more the issue it was the fact that uh if you're going to put him against a champion inevitably he either has to win the belt which would have been too soon for him or he has to lose to the champion because as we've seen um you know AEW is is a lot more reluctant seemingly to do like non finishes right. uh so to have uh, for instance, Taz throwing the towel to have him lose. Mm. I thought was a good compromise, you know, to to still protect Cage while also making sure that he didn't win the championship. Okay. I, I feel like they, could they have played their cards better and, like, not even put Cage into, like, a title situation? Perhaps. I do also feel like when the time comes for them to take Cage, put uh, portray Cage as a serious threat, I feel like they can do that uh, regardless of, you know, what what this what this earlier result was. Mm -hmm. Um I I think AEW currently has like a nucleus of talent that they're trying to um promote up into that main stage. Mm -hmm. And I guess juggling that with like recent debuts like a Brody Brody Lee and also Mm -hmm. Brian Cage, perhaps and even a Lance Archer, you know, perhaps is it's something that's quite difficult to do, because on the one hand, you want to put these guys in main events against your baby babyfaces. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you're not ready to make them, you know, uh, champions yet. So inevitably, they have to lose. Um, but ultimately, for me, it's not an issue as long as they can make them stars after the fact. So... Sorry, I'm just kind of rambling right now. No, but what girlfriend. I'm trying to say is for me, it's not much of an issue because they've, they've created compelling content and I don't necessarily see these decisions affecting their long term booking.
0: See, but again, the way I'm coming from growing up with the big, huge monster as the villain, you don't really see that in AEW. Yeah, you got a ton of talent, you got five star matches each and every week, as so called, as people say, but you don't have like that monster like how Hogan had literally every single main event that he attended, right?
2: It's true, but at at that time, you you know, WWE wasn't they didn't have to promote a main event every single week.
0: That's true too. You know,
2: Hulk Hogan wouldn't even have made an appearance every single week. Right. So you know, it's a very different time, and the demands of you know trying to acquire a different audience right now Mm. are a lot more challenging, and therefore you're going to have to give away a lot more and really speed people's like runs up. You know, as far as like having them win and lose like. Title titles like streaks are um are something that they do, but I think they also learn from history in that you can't rely on somebody having a streak as their sole like reason for you to cheer for them because inevitably yeah. that streak is going to end, and you're not gonna have like that person will appear far much less than what they were before if that's all they have riding for them. Um, so I think they learn from that, and, and yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. Well, like, yeah, <clears throat> people have to realize too, AEW is still a baby, right? So a lot of these people, even behind and in front of the camera, have never had this big exposure. So they're still sort of uh, getting the kinks out, so to speak, right? So that's... totally. I understand how people are so against the product, too, because you have both sides. And and this is what I hate. Again, going back to when I grew up, it was the same thing. Hip-hop, you had East Coast, West Coast. You had WCW, you had WWF. Like, you had Nintendo, you had Sega, right? And now it seems like we're starting this again, where you have AEW versus WWF. And it's like, why do you need that? Why can't you just enjoy everything, right?
2: <laughs> it really is silly. Um, at the same time, I I can't deny that it's a part of the fun of fandom.
0: True, you know, makes it interesting. To be able to
2: have a team to be able to say, I I believe this is superior to this one and I'm going to I'm so passionate about this thing that I'm going to defend it against anybody who feels otherwise. Right. Um, to me it's like when it gets really toxic, it's terrible. Absolutely. That's true. And I course. think in, in, in the case of like, you know, professional wrestling, it, it definitely has gone to that area from time to time. But um it, it also can make somebody more interested in the product, you know, back when like you, you have fond memories of the attitude era that really has much to do with the fact that there was this intense rivalry going on between these two teams. Uh, So, you know, even this Wednesday thing that's going on between NXT and AEW, Mm -hmm. I think for a time, at least it really sparked people's interest into um, at least a Wednesday night, you know, war going on between these two companies Uh, to this day, every Thursday, you know, we still think about what the ratings are so that one side can, uh have a lot of discussion or, uh, or or like you know bragging rights over the other i i think we can treat it as fun when it gets to be too much that's definitely a time when it's you know when it's time to stay away uh but for the most part it's you know it's it, i just look at it as a part of fandom
0: yeah no kidding well put well put so okay Let's go over some sort of recent topic news because, again, I really don't cover recent shit. But since you are up to date pretty much and you know what's going on in the world of wrestling more than I do, I want to get your opinions on some stuff. So the WWE recently is interested in one of the hottest free agents out there in Jeff Cobb. Do you think he's going to go over there or do you think he's going to land somewhere else or do you think he is best suited somewhere specifically?
2: are these like r- rumors or or like or, or what ifs like or no this
0: is actually i read it online today apparently ww is interested in jeff cobb
2: okay um do i think he goes to nxt or because it would be nxt i mean i think i think the guy would fit well in any promotion um i think because of the size and his athleticism um you know, NXT seems like it's a, it would be a great place for him right now. I feel like they would push him seriously and mm-hmm. right up to the top uh, along the lines of, you know, I can't really say that I could see them giving him like a Keith Lee level push because I okay. don't think his promo is is as good. Uh, maybe his personality might not be as big as, you know, Keith Lee's, sure. but I think they'll treat him seriously and uh, eventually, you know, even moving up, him up to the main roster as like a serious big man. Um, that's a big if though, because they've screwed up plenty of uh very good big men on the main roster but i think he would do well in nxt i think of course he would do well in AEW, and he continues to do well even uh you know wrestling for new japan in these njpw strong shows he would do well pretty much anywhere in my opinion
0: what about marty janetti confessing of his past sins (laughs)
2: uh was that today as well no that
0: wasn't today this was a while well this was like last week or something have you heard about this
2: i i thought i thought something else came up
0: with. Martin no no it's Kennedy. the same oh, one no, it's God. the same one
2: yeah uh to me he seems like somebody who really should be out of the public spotlight because he needs to take care of a lot personally um the man seems to have many issues beyond just this one case and um uh you know if what he said is true i definitely hope that uh the authorities are investigating and um regardless i i don't know his public behavior really seems to indicate that he is somebody who is in need of a lot of help uh psychologically um and who knows really what else but i i would prefer not to like hear from him publicly honestly i'd rather just like he somebody you know a close friend of his or whoever get to him personally so that he gets shit sorted out personally before we hear from him again
0: what about renee young leaving wwe
2: yeah um you know it's it's certainly a big loss in terms of talent for the wwe but um i i almost felt like i wasn't that surprised by the news because um You know, there have been a number of events that have taken place in Renee's life that indicate maybe, you know, a a lessening of, like, uh, closeness with WWE. And all I mean by that is the fact that, uh, of course, you know, her husband leaving, joining the competition and being very vocal about his unhappiness with with, uh, his time in the WWE. Um, Of course, her um, getting coronavirus Mm. and, you know, the company reportedly being unhappy that she revealed this news publicly. Um that's right. It also reports that um the company didn't follow up with her too much following her um getting this, the, the 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 virus, um her losing uh the WWE backstage show. Um you know, a number of factors like really came into it that uh I think you know, on the surface, as uh, just from a, a speculator's perspective, seemingly might have led up to this thing. At the same time, I think it's a great career move for her. I think she probably has had, probably has, uh, have, does have right now a number of very interesting, lucrative offers on the table for her, not mm-hmm. just in professional wrestling, but in sports uh, hosting, in really entertainment hosting. Like, she's the type of personality that I think, um, it could fit in any sort of platform.
0: No, most definitely. And lastly, what about the whole Sonia DeVille incident? And speaking of uh, fans going too far.
2: Yeah. Um That whole thing. And like, you know, we continue to like learn details about it. Uh, that whole thing was uh, really scary and really shocking uh, how close that person got and how close Man- uh, Sonia and now we know Mandy Rose right. got to the situation. Um You know, we, we're I think we're really lucky that we're talking about this as a more of a you know just uh hey I can't believe this you know crazy thing almost happened rather than a Sonia Deville like you know like tragedy or Mandy Rose tragedy that we would be talking about this week um, exactly oh man it's just like it's it's a wake up call as to like maybe sort of like the sensitivity of of celebrity and how easy it might be in this day and age to like track somebody's personal right. information down if you really wanted to yeah. um to me to me it was also a wake up call about like just how you know if, if if this was an incident that went this far what about all the incidents that we don't hear about you know mm, that that's might not have been this severe but like we're still probably sketchy and super scary nonetheless right. like the amount of um harassment people might receive uh in particular female celebrities on a daily basis just from these like you know very like ill individuals um so again it's it's not something that i really know how to combat and fix because i feel like you will always have outliers um doing crazy shit like this but i just you know i I take i take it as an opportunity to, to remind myself that like um you know, some of these celebrities, especially female celebrities, uh, may be under constant threat. No kidding, no kidding.
0: So, SummerSlam is going on this weekend. Are you looking towards anything? I know it's going to be a stacked weekend. You got TakeOver, you got Dynamite, you got UFC, you got SummerSlam, all kinds of things to whet your appetite out there. What are you looking forward to the most?
2: Well, uh, I think primarily what I'm most interested in is seeing how WWE and this new Thunderdome gimmick um, mm. will play out. Yes. Uh, we're going to find out about that tonight on SmackDown yeah. for the first time, but mm. I think they're promising, you know, maybe even a higher level of production when it comes to uh, SummerSlam and in particular entrances for a lot of their stars, such as The Fiend Bray Wyatt. Oh, there you go. So, I'm very much interested in the production aspect of it, seeing how like fans will uh, play, uh, you know, what role they'll play, uh, being a part of the LED audience like yes. we've seen in the NBA. Uh, but as far as the matches go, um, you know, we have to talk about Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose. I mean, right? really, I wish we, we were talking about them under better circumstances earlier. But uh, one of the other things that makes this whole event so interesting is the fact that they – they were about to have, you know, their big blow-off match, a hair versus hair match in their storyline rivalry. Right. So, um, you know, certainly like real life uh, events playing into it makes that match even more. If it if it even occurs at this point, I'm not even sure if it will. Oh, that's true. But if it does occur, like you would expect that, like you know, it would be a very emotional week for, for for the both of them. Um, so I'm curious, not just in the match itself, but to see like um you know what, what type of performance they'd be able to pull together because it's like it's a really terrible trying circumstance that I wouldn't blame them if they decided to pull out or if they weren't at their best but um yeah I'm interested in that match both of Asuka's matches against Sasha banks and Bailey I, I think that's an interesting storyline to see like Oscar yeah. going for both championships uh you know I I was just thinking back to like I was watching the uh, WWE timeline thing that they had put up there okay. uh, talking okay. about the Bret Hart Owen Hart feud, right. And I'm just reminded back to like you know WrestleMania 10 mm-hmm. and um, that mini tournament tournament that they had, right. and the fact that we had two Bret Hart matches on that show, <laughs> uh, starting with Bret versus Owen, and then Bret versus Yokozuna, that resulted in to me like a great, you know, three hour long story yes. of like. You know, loss and then ultimately like the, the ultimate victory for Bret the Hitman Heart. And even though the, I don't see this being that, um, I think I see it being something similar for, for Asuka. And the fact that like, you know, Oscar is getting this prime role in a pretty well told story between her and, and Sasha and Bailey. I'm looking forward to that. Um, we've also... You know, this Dominic Mysterio thing with Seth Rollins, he is the son of Rey Mysterio having his first match in a street fight. Yes. That story, despite how ridiculous it's been with eyeballs being poked out, I think has been told really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Dominic, um, it, um, you know, comes across. And then... um Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, I think, is a match I'm looking forward to as well because uh, in terms of promos, in terms of character, yes. Randy Orton has been uh, the best, perhaps even in the entire industry this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and Drew McIntyre is, is right up there with him as far as talents go. So looking forward to those matches. The less, the other ones, we don't have to talk about. Who cares about those ones? <laughs> um, True. And then on the NXT, NXT side of things, you know, very similar type of, like, Car crash curiosity uh, yes. I have for something like uh, Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole. And I don't even mean to say car crash because that's, you know, assuming it'll be bad because I actually don't assume it'll be bad at this point. I think, you know, the uh, NXT has such a reputation to live up to that I don't think, you know, somebody like Triple H will put somebody like Pat McAfee in there unless he is seen that um, the guy at least has some aptitude and certainly that's being it. in there with an Adam Cole. Uh, I think that, you know, bodes well for him. So I have decent expectations actually for that, and certainly his promo this past Wednesday was fantastic. Uh, we'll see how far he goes. Keith Lee and Karian Cross—they've um, done a great job, in my opinion, with Karian Cross. Because Keith Lee hasn't been champion for too long, I can't see him losing the belt just yet. Right. Uh, at the same time, I definitely see Karian Cross as an eventual NXT champion. So if they did pull the trigger, wouldn't completely surprise me. But something tells me that this will just result in a you know, in a rematch down the line uh, and Keith Lee retains. But yeah. it's a match I'm looking forward to n- nonetheless. Uh, they just added Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher, which to me will be yes. like really hot match for the hardcores. Yes. Um, the rest of the card, you know, the ladder match for the NXT uh, North American Championship, I think should be a good one. Um Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, less interested in that. Brazango, um, whatever. It's, it's To me, it's a less hot nxt takeover than usual but i'm sure the quality will be there because it's a, the quality is always there for takeovers
0: no most definitely and i'm actually looking for and if you look at the card from top to bottom on nxt if this was with a crowd everyone would be saying this is such a crazy card for this weekend but no one's really talking about it. again i don't know if it's because like how you guys mentioned on your show a lot of people have fallen off of wrestling during the pandemic a lot of people are soured by it whatnot but again if everything was normal this would be on paper an excellent nxt for me to watch
2: yeah, very possible. You know, that's one of the kind of unknown things about everything that's going on right now. Without having that audience giving you that feedback live, sometimes it's hard to know whether or not somebody like a Drew McIntyre is really connecting with the crowd. Right. You know? True. Um But it's also worked to their advantage, too, because, you know, um, you don't have as many people turning on something that they would typically want you to like. And, um, you know, they can really go on fully with, like, their Proposed plans. Like, if a Roman Reigns was around at this time and they were pushing him as hard as they were mm, back then, right. you wouldn't have that opposition. Um, so, who knows, like, uh, what the real feeling of the audience might be. Maybe we'll find out what the Thunderdome.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Well, if you listeners are still tuned in and you want to listen to my review of SummerSlam weekend next week. Everyone knows I do my quarterly reviews. That's all I do of reviews on wrestling. I do the big four shows for WWE. I bring in my two friends over from England, Max and Jesse. They have a podcast themselves called God Five. So tune in next week to see my thoughts on the whole SummerSlam weekend. So before we get into the dumbass of the week, one thing that made you come on the show and that made us start interacting on Twitter was our love towards NBA Jam and a shout out to Rayon Ali because you read his book and you thought it was fantastic. What did you think now about the book since now you are completely finished it?
2: Yeah, shout out to Rayon, yes. Ali, which you just informed me is the proper pronunciation. <laughs> I would have thought Ryan or would, would have thought like Rayon. I would not have thought Rayon. So um, thank you for that correction. I apologize if I butchered it in the past. Uh, I thought it was incredibly interesting. And for infer- like, you know, I definitely wondered, like most people, how much can you really say about NBA Jane? Right? To feel like, you know, several hundred pages. But Rayon went incredibly deep, not just into NBA Jam, but the story of Midway Games. Yes. And, you know, I'm somebody who, like, you know, is really a casual fan of video games at best. Okay. So when I think about video games, I don't necessarily think about, like, the people behind them. I don't know who who creates them. Mm. But when, like, reading this book, he really goes into what really felt like an all-star team at the time, comprised of, um, man, I forget the gentleman's name. I, read, I just read the book, but... um
0: well mark Turmel? the guy in
2: charge of mark termel exactly you know the fact that he was there and that he used to work with john tobias right uh of course a mortal Kombat fame yes. you know on smash tv and things like that so getting to that whole history and really just like the feeling of like incredible creative creativity at midway games at the time was really fascinating to me knowing a lot about the behind the scenes processes of how they created the game um by, you know, picking a guy off of, like, the like a local court um, and getting him to, like, you know, shoot these things in front of a blue screen, these moves in front of a blue screen and the right. evolution of, like, you know, yeah, and the evolution of just, like, all the features of the game, um, you know, that we all have played up until this point of course uh, to the casting of the announcer and 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 of course all the fallout that would come afterwards i i was uh very engrossed and i, I read the book really quickly so yeah uh, what did you think
0: oh i loved it obviously to, to the point where i brought him on the show and everything i know uh, that's the one thing i told him right away i lit i'm not a, like a, people know i'm not a huge reader i love to read but it takes me a long time to read because i i'm not that person i could just sit down and read for like hours at end i'll read maybe 15 20 minutes that's my tops right but i read this book in like 2 or 3 days that's how good it was because i just wanted to know more because the interviews he got he got sports athletes he got people behind the scenes people that you don't even think would want to talk about it but that goes to show the love towards nba jam like you said everyone knows about this game
2: i think it's it goes towards the yeah the love of the actual product itself i think it also very much um is in praise of the writing and the research you know yes. that went into this book cuz um, I'm a firm believer that you can really make a interesting documentary uh, about any subject as long as like the person treats it with the amount of care um, that, you know, like there are documentaries like have you have you seen Helvetica? No, you know that it's a documentary about fonts. Okay the, the font helvetica okay you know it's it sounds ridiculous but like it was uh, very captivating same with like you know a documentary like zero G- dreams of sushi which mm. I, I, maybe you would hate because you'd be you'd feel very sensitive to it <laughs> but it's a documentary all about like you know there's this man who runs a, a michelin star sushi uh joint in the subway right. and his love of this one thing uh so um you know, uh, it, this 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 little book could have been a, a simple article, but um, the fact that it was fleshed out so deeply and with so many intricate, I think, details attached to it, um, I, I I really enjoyed it.
0: No, true. Me too. And now it's opened up a whole branch of me interviewing authors because I don't know if you're familiar with the publisher, Boss Fight Books. They're, they do all this all the time. So now I got future guests lined up from the Red Dead Redemption book, from Portal, like all these uh Zelda game as well that just dropped so all these sort of authors so if you're into that you should go back and check out their whole library because oh
2: definitely and
0: everything's different that's what I like about boss fight books so you 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 read this book with Rayon's obviously intention and the way he loved growing up with it but now you're going to take someone else and put their minds to to paper right you know what I mean but they're not going to have interviews like Al Rayon, so you're going to get something totally different. But you know it's going to be good because you loved NBA Jam, right? So it, it's yeah. it's cool what they're doing over at Boss Fight Book. So if anyone's listening, go check out boss fight books they're on all major platforms like you know all socials and all that go check them out and the books are cheap too so on top of it so you can find it anywhere and speaking of nba jam if you want to listen to the rayon episode go check out an old episode that i did with him and speaking of the voice of nba jam i also had tim kittsrow as a guest so go check out did that you? episode yes sir
2: oh cool i'll listen to that right away
0: so you ready for the dumbass of the week
2: go on fire yeah absolutely
0: okay perfect okay so you're engaged I married myself, so we have our ride or dies. Have you ever had... Okay, I call them couple lies, where you two know about a lie, and you do something, and maybe you shouldn't have, but you guys cover each other's backs. I assume every couple does this, right?
2: Um, like we're, we're sharing a lie?
0: Well, say, some, say sort of like you guys went somewhere. Okay, this is... Uh, I don't know why I came up with it, but say you went somewhere, and you shit yourself, but only your wife knows, but she lied to cover it for it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm sure everyone has some sort of story <laughs> like this.
2: Uh, yeah, um, I can't think of a specific incident now, but I, I, I mean, I'm sure there would be, um, see, my, my fiance is really f- interesting in that I feel like she'd be more likely to tell people, to embarrass me. Okay, that was going to say, or
0: how about if you're doing something <laughs> wrong, would she call you out and be like, no, no, you gotta be good? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, sure, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there have been instances.
0: Okay, well, this next couple just took helping each other and lying to a whole total thing, okay, so... Today's dumb asses comes from West Virginia. So a woman and her husband faked her disappearance. <laughs> Why, you ask? Okay. So she was going to go to jail for some kind of fraud. I think it was health fraud of some sort, right? Because she was uh, claiming something or health insurance, and then obviously they frauded it and she was going to go to jail. So their brilliant idea was to have her go missing. So m- people are probably asking, what did they actually do? Like, Did she just actually disappear, run away? No, no, no. They think that she fell off a cliff to the point where they put scattered some of her belongings everywhere. The son was involved. He's 17. The husband called in saying, oh, I haven't seen my wife in a couple of days. They did this whole investigation and everything. Now, you would think that they would sort of run away because, you know, it's been a few weeks. No one's heard of anything. No, they still lived in the same house. She still did what she did. And the cops found her one day just chilling in some makeshift room that they made where they had like, I guess it's sort of like a panic room. And they found her in there just chilling. Like... Come
2: on. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know what the crime is for something like that. Like, I don't know what the punishment is for something right? like that. I don't know either. Uh, but I feel like there are, you know, maybe the world should go easy on them because these people clearly are already operating at a very heavy mental deficit. To be able to think of a stupid idea like that and to execute that poorly. Um, right. That's like, that's like calling in sick to work times a thousand you know uh instead of calling sick to work you're calling dead to work <laughs> and then getting caught like right afterwards
0: so. i know i don't i don't understand well to t- tie this together again with wrestling so they did get both arrested and they are going to get charged for this crime they, they haven't been sentenced yet but okay and of course the husband has to be wearing a wrestling shirt. His mugshot, he is wearing a Bullet Club shirt.
2: Oh, goodness. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, that is the, the best detail of all. Because, I mean, I was like, okay, a wrestling shirt. What's what, what, You know, will, will it be like? Will it be like a main roster WWE? Will it be a retro, WWE? like maybe a Steve Austin or like an NWO shirt? Uh, the fact that it's a Bullet Club shirt right? is the best. Cause it tells you, man, sometimes I feel like, you know, like the smart marks, uh, quote unquote, you right. know, like the, the new Japan wrestling fans or, or, you know, and like myself included, like sometimes I feel like there's an air of superiority, um, from like, you know, the hardcore fans thinking, okay. Oh, okay. Well, we're not like WWE fans We're the intelligent bunch, not the case, <laughs> even bullet club fans. Wow, oh, man. Um, I wonder if he was like too sweeting on the way to the. He's probably too sweeting his son. Like, oh, hey, we maybe. pull off the greatest heist!
0: No kidding, right? I wouldn't doubt it. So now my question to you is: Would you go this far and help your wife if she asked you to fake her own death?
2: <laughs> no, don't no. no. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? If you're really this adamant about doing this, like, I don't know. I would wanna make sure that you were okay i don't think she would be my wife if like she would even think of something like this that's true too what, what just a fraud and insurance company god i would hope we weren't that desperate
0: well what if she was hiding not to say that she is obviously because i don't know her from a hole in the wall. but what if she was hiding like this huge secret you fell in love with her you can't live without her now say even you guys have kids in the future and then she springs this on you is that a perfect circumstance to help her
2: fake a death <laughs> i don't know what circumstance would really like work to you know to to get me to fake somebody's death um i would definitely like hide secrets for her absolutely but like to fake a death is a different level man right i don't know uh i really don't know um uh, it would have to be quite the quite the threat
0: yeah no kidding you know what? Since I don't have kids, and literally my wife is my ride or die, I trust no one else in this world except for her. I would probably end up doing it because <laughs> I got nothing yeah, to lose.
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> wow, you would fake your wife. You would help your wife fake fake her death. Eh? Only
0: on the premise that we could move somewhere else and live like on a deserted island or like in the Caribbean somewhere, no one would find us. That's the only way I would do it.
2: <laughs> oh man, wow! Uh, I can't imagine that. Um, but that's you know that 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 really uh, is. I think she should be really happy to hear
0: that. I hope so. Now watch, she's going to come home and be like, no, don't say that. Now if I really need to do it, they're going to know it's all fake.
1: Yeah,
0: man. All right, well, Uh, before you plug all your shit, I got two more questions to ask you. I've always been curious about this, listening to you even before the post days. Okay, what's the whole origin story behind dressing up as elves for Christmas? What's going on here?
2: Well, uh, these were... Dearly, things that Jason Agnew, former co host of ours on Live Audio Wrestling, would do every year. Like, he worked for a TV channel that I guess would occasionally have budgets for costumes. Okay. And one of the costumes required him to buy these elf outfits in the style of like Wolf Errol's elf. So he was, you know, he also loved like going out and like bringing his friends along. And so one year, I don't know if he just managed to buy more of these elf costumes or if he just had a bunch of them, but he invited all of his friends to wear these elf outfits to go on these bar hop adventures. And uh, I would join them uh, for several of those years. John would join them for several of those years. And they were incredibly fun. Like we would just go out wearing these outfits and people would just see this band of like 10 Uh, people dressed in elves just walking down the street and people would just like think it was hilarious they'd be smiling you know they laugh at us i'm sure but laugh with us as well and uh we'd go into these bars and just like drink and it would be it was just like it was fun it was like it was fun to be able to like you know uh uh, i don't know brighten somebody's day for a bit um and also it was fun to see their reactions just for ourselves so that really is the origin. We did. We managed to do it for like several years, like several.
0: Yeah. Now imagine if you guys just busted that out in the middle of summer. Do you think it would freak people out then?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it would be so cute then. You know, I think people understood the reason, they got it right away. But if it was in the summer, they'd probably just think we were weirdos. Uh, but at the same time, it'd be way more comfortable because, like, man, walking around in the December cold. And, oh, true. Um, in these outfit outfits like wearing basically like spandex leotards like spandex that wasn't fun. And now just layer up greatly.
0: The yeah. Sneaky D's still have the best nachos in the city of Toronto?
2: Uh, I don't think so. Well, oh, you never, never really thought about Oh, okay. It. I never really thought so. I like Sneaky D's nachos, but I I I think they're kind of overrated to be honest. Um I I I like to go to Sneaky D's for the vibe, you know, just oh, to like gotcha. for the atmosphere, but like the nachos, honestly, I could take or leave. Uh, they're fine. They're okay. I feel like there's there are better nachos in the city. Uh, I can't really think of any right now, but I feel like there's better authentic Mexican food for sure. Like Sneaky G's is not really you know known for like authenticity, but it's known for just being a great place to drink and have like greasy food.
0: Yeah, I do. You know what? I was the same way because I used to work down there on college too. And after our shift, we'd go over to Sneaky D's—the usual thing that everyone does when they work downtown Toronto, serving. That's the only place that's open, obviously, right? So you go there afterwards, have your, and I, everyone would be the same thing. Even like on some of your shows, people are, oh, they're the best nachos. And I'm like, not really. And then like, there's a place on the junction in the junction. Now it's not there anymore, but they had the best shorty so nachos. Pure authentic Mexican. Oh, my God. The cheese was gooey. You had, oh, like, you'd have redness running down your arm from the, from the dip. And you couldn't yeah. scrub it off. Like, it was so red. Like, that's good nachos.
2: Definitely. Like, there's actually a pretty solid, like, Mexican food in the city. There's really solid, like, food from any culture in right. the city of Toronto. That's what I love about us. That's one of the great things about about being here. But, uh, no, Sneaky D's is, like, its own thing. It's, it's, I wouldn't even really classify it as, like, a Mexican restaurant. You know, it's more more like... It's like bar food. Bar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: So, wait, plug your shit where people can find you, where people can find Post, all your upcoming stuff, whatever you want to plug. Go ahead, my friend.
2: If you're a fan of podcasts, uh, just go to any podcast platform of choice and look for Post Wrestling, P-O-S-T Wrestling. Uh, If you hate podcasts for some reason and you just want to hear all your... uh, You can only listen to audio through non-podcast services you can also go to postwrestling.com that's where all of our news gathering is up there from uh, john pollock's fine reporting as well as andrew thompson's fine reporting former guest on the show yes, sir. you will also find uh uh, uh Br- harrington's show on uh, on that website as well so you can go to postwrestling.com and you can find me if you like me only me and not uh wrestling. you can find me on twitter instagram at way wai and the numbers 0937 wai 937
0: Nice. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finga Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, The Podcast Dap. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at thepodcastdap at gmail.com. Rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, helps me out. And the most important thing, like I always say each and every week, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. All good, my friend.
2: All good, yeah. I just realized uh, you got dap at the end of the po- the podcast in yes. your handle. Yes, I do. It, is that because of the p- podcast or because uh, of a dap, an actual dap?
0: No, okay, I thought you were going to go down a, a, a scary path because someone already brought it up too. And you know what DAP stands for in the porn industry, right? No, no, I don't. Double anal penetration.
2: Oh, Okay. Yeah. So is that what that is? No, it's
0: just the initials D A P. Because for some odd reason, someone has the podcast even before I started the podcast. So go figure.
2: Got it. Okay. Well, um, any of those things, I think, uh, would would be good uh, reasons to add at that. I'm. I mean, uh, I'm going to think of DAP in a very different way now. Anytime I go for try to give somebody a DAP, <laughs> um, can't really do that anymore
0: no well unless you got someone with you then you could possibly try
2: well <laughs> oh, man alrighty. well this podcast has gone on long enough
0: on that note he's way i'm steve this is the podcast peace